0: Welcome to the Dogwood Podcast, a presentation of Dogwood Church. For more information, visit dogwood.church. Join us now as Pastor Keith shares today's message. Well, good to see you this morning. Uh, I um, was away the, the last couple of Sundays, uh, seeing family the week after Christmas. And then the first of the year, I, for years now, I've always practiced pulling away for a personal prayer and planning retreat, just to pray through the year, draw near to God, uh, help Him straighten me out and uh, get me pointed in the right direction. And part of that time, I, I look back. I mean, I look all the way back from the time I was a little boy And trace God's hand. I've got a journal where I've just written these things out. Trace God's providential, sovereign hand and activity in my life up until this point. Now, I'd recommend that you start that practice. It's a a great faith builder. And and it caused me to remember once again how I came to know Jesus. How and when I came uh, to know Jesus. How did you come to know Jesus? Uh, if you're here this morning and you're not yet a follower of Christ, we always have people who are attending our church who are considering the claims of Christ, uh, kind of checking it out. And so our church exists for you in part. If that's you, you may have discovered some difficulty in finding the the path there. How do, how do we get there? Um, for those of you who are followers of Christ and you have people that you know and love and uh, like and, and care for who need Jesus. They don't know Christ yet. You may have discovered, encountered some difficulty in finding the, how do, how do I best help them find Christ? I think that's a good question. How do people best find Jesus? Because we, as a church, want to become the best in the world at connecting far from God people to Jesus and to His church. And so we want to create the most simple and clear um, path to, to the people that we can to find Christ. It caused me, Jimmy, to remember a, a story that I probably taught from the Scriptures many times in this church over the past almost 30 years. It's found in the, um, the Gospel of John, fourth book in the New Testament, first chapter, if you've got your Bibles, hard copy or digital copy, turn there, John chapter 1, beginning in verse 35, we're going to go tell the story about down through um, verse 51. And in this story, we discover some things about how might people best come to Jesus, to know Jesus. Well, the story opens with a guy that we've looked at before as a church. His name is John the Baptist. John the Baptist was uh, had a somewhat uh, miraculous birth, and uh, was set aside by God from the time he was born to be kind of a prophet of God who uh, would take on the task of preparing the people of God, the people of God, the, the Jewish nation, to uh, receive the Messiah when He came to receive Jesus, to recognize the Messiah for who He is and what He would be and uh, that the kingdom of God would be brought near and to call them to repentance and prepare their hearts and be looking for because God was about to fulfill a hundreds of year old prophecy in that He was going to send what the Bible calls the Anointed One or the Messiah or the Christ uh, to, to come and usher in His kingdom over the hearts and minds and lives of people in this world, the kingdom of God on earth. Now, understand that the Jewish people misunderstood the role of the Messiah. They thought He was going to um, uh, usher in a political military kingdom, reestablish the prominence of Israel in the world, kick out the Romans, and, um, and they were looking for that kind of deliverance. So they, didn't, they knew there was a spiritual aspect, but there was a lot of confusion about what the Messiah would do. John, however, John the Baptist, had the job of uh, calling people to repentance. Now, there were people who, who believed him, many of them, and some of them so much so that they practiced with John the Baptist what many would do with a rabbi of that day or a t- spiritual teacher of that day. They would kind of follow them in the sense of live with them, kind of move in, kind of as a school and get some on-the-job training because they wanted to know and understand the will and the ways of of God as expressed by this teacher. So John had some, some of these disciples. One day, right after Jesus made His public appearance, and John pointed out to the people, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And this was out by the Jordan River, a little bit northeast of Jerusalem out in the wilderness by the river where John was, the Baptist was preaching and then baptizing people as an outward symbol of this preparation and this uh, repentance of sin and looking for the Messiah, Jesus showed up and John said, There's the one, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. It's interesting that He called Him not the Messiah, not the Christ, um, not Son of God, He called Him the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He, he was telling why he was coming what he's going to do jesus came to save people like you and me from our sins the ultimate sacrificial lamb of god well the very and, and so he baptized jesus the next day he saw jesus again and he turned to two of his disciples john the baptist disciples one named andrew you'll see there in uh, john chapter 1 and uh, the other another disciple that we don't know. Most scholars believe that it is John the Apostle himself was that the other disciple because he speaks of himself kind of in code all throughout the gospel of John. We don't know for sure, but he turned to uh, Andrew and this other disciple and said, Look, there's the Lamb of God, as if to say... He's the one I've been telling you about. He's the one I've been looking for all my life. He's the one that the people of Israel have been looking for for 400 years, 800 years, even longer. He is the one. You go follow Him. Well, Andrew and the other disciple left John the Baptist and they began to kind of follow along, physically follow along uh, the Lord Jesus. Well, we see in the, the passage there, take a look at it, that Jesus noticed these two guys... Kind of shadowing him, and he turned to them, and he uh, he asked a, a question. He said, "What are you looking for?" Jesus always asked penetrating questions, and they're important. What are you looking for? That's pretty big. What are you looking for? Well, every human being's looking for it. We're looking for what's going to bring fulfillment, what brings meaning, what brings purpose, uh, how to have life the way it was intended to be. Um, Jesus said, what are you looking for? And so Andrew and the other disciple uh, answered him with a question. Well, where are you staying? You know, Where are you? Where are you? Can we basically can we come spend some time with you? And uh, he said, he answered him with this little phrase, well, Come and see. Come and see. And so Andrew and the other disciples spent that day with Jesus. It was about 10 in the morning. They spent all day with Him. And and it must have been a powerful, meaningful, fruitful conversation because they became followers of Jesus. They came to Jesus. So John the Baptist brought two of his associates to Jesus, pointed them to Jesus, a leader took his associates and pointed them to Jesus. Well, here's what's happened next. Andrew not only became a follower of Jesus at that point, he also immediately became a backyard missionary. He followed Jesus the Christ and he immediately left and found his brother Simon. We know him as Simon Peter as we see there uh, in the Scriptures. He found uh, Simon Peter and he, um, he told him, we have found the Messiah, which means the anointed one, and he brought Simon to Jesus. He, Simon was a fisherman. He might have found him at the seashore. He might have found him out in his boat. He might have found him at the fish market selling his fish, but he found him. He went to where he was, and he said, "Come." We have found the Messiah. We have found the Messiah, and he brought him to Jesus. Now, Jesus saw him coming, and Jesus saw Simon, saw him coming, for what he was, but he also saw him for what he would be, and he, he called him to himself and kind of gave him a special name. He said, you're called Simon, but uh, I'm going to also call you Cephas, which means rock, rock. You're going to, be, you're going to become, you're going to not, one day you will no longer be this impetuous, wishy-washy fisherman. You're going to become a solid leader in the kingdom of heaven. And he came came to Jesus. So so John the Baptist brought his associates, Andrew and the disciple, to Jesus. Andrew immediately pursued his brother, Simon, Peter, and he brought him to Jesus. A brother brought a brother. A family member brought a family member, pointed them uh, to Jesus. Well, the next day, Jesus determined to leave that region there and go to Galilee. Now, remember geographically, Uh, Galilee was a part of ancient Palestine, one of three regions, Judea, Samaria, and uh, Galilee. Judea was the southernmost region where the city of Jerusalem was located. Samaria was directly north of Judea. Galilee was directly north of uh, Samaria. And they were all three sandwiched between, on the east, Sea of Galilee, Jordan River, Dead Sea, and on the west by the Mediterranean Sea, right right there, right there. And so Jesus determined to take the trip uh, to His home region of, of Galilee. And yet, before He went, He found a man by the name of Philip. Philip would eventually become one of what the Bible calls the Twelve. We know him as the Twelve Disciples. But Philip, as we see him mentioned throughout the Scriptures, was uh, uh, sometimes it seemed like he was in over his head a little bit didn't have a lot of initiative. Maybe he did not have initiative to come to Jesus on his own. Jesus pursued him, which is, by the way, what he always does. He pursues us. He is pursuing you right now. He wants you to know him. He wants you to to be blessed by him, to be saved by him, to to let him take your sin. He wants to give you his gift of abundant life here and eternal life there. Uh, He's pursuing us. He's the God who pursues us. One one famous uh, poet wrote a poem about him, he called him the Hound of Heaven. There's he's a hunting dog, he's, uh, he's after us, he is pursuing us. Well, Jesus pursued Philip and brought him to himself directly. Well, same thing happened to Philip that happened to Andrew. Not only did he become a follower of Jesus, but he became a backyard missionary immediately and he went and found his lifelong best friend, Nathaniel. Now, Nathanael was a, was a cynic. Nathanael was a skeptic. Uh, he, was a, he was a doubter. Uh, he was a little bit jaded. And uh, Philip said to Nathaniel, he said, hey, come, we have, we have found the one that Moses wrote about in the law, the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Old Testament. And so did the prophets. So the, 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 the Old Testament speaks of Jesus points to Jesus. He said, "We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, and uh, he is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth." Well, Nathaniel said, "Nazareth? Does anything good ever come out of Nazareth?" See, there, in, in history, you'll read there always there'd been a lot of fake messiahs. Uh, I, I have some of you guys who are. We have several. Uh, members of our church who are uh, on the Atlanta Police Department downtown and they patrol. They tell me they meet two or three Jesuses a night uh, down there. They've always they've always been a first, You know, have always been some fake messiahs. And Nathaniel said, "That's Nazareth. That's where all those other bogus Christs came from." What's good that come out of there? Well, Jesus saw them as they were approaching. When they approached, He called him and He said. Uh, Nathaniel and he said, How did you know who I was? Jesus said, Well, I I saw you when you were sitting under the fig tree, and evidently it was he was he just knew where he was, some of this miraculous stuff, and Nathaniel immediately said, My Lord and my God, my my Savior, you're the Son of God, you're the King of Israel. And Jesus said, Good grief, man. He went from cynic to fanatic about Jesus in one sentence. He said, You believe in me only because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. He said, You're going, hey, follow me. You're going to see much wilder things than this. And so will you if you follow. Christ. He said, I assure you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. He said, you're going to see the hand of God the Father confirming that I am who I say that I am. It's a big deal. So here, here we are. John the Baptist, the spiritual teacher, the leader of men, brought two of his associates, Andrew and the other disciple, pointed them to Jesus. They followed Jesus. Andrew immediately became a backyard missionary and went to find his brother. A brother went to his own brother and brought him to Jesus, and he became a follower of Jesus. Jesus himself pursued another man, called him to himself, Philip. He became a follower of Jesus. Then Philip went to his friend. A friend went to his friend, Nathaniel, and he brought him to Jesus, and he became a follower of Jesus. Now let me see your eyeballs a second. Let me see your eyes. People best come to Christ along lines of relationships. People come to Christ easiest along lines of relationships. The people that you know, the people that you love, the people that you like, the people that you care about who need Jesus, who are far from Him and far from His blessing, far from His salvation, they, can, they will come to Christ if you bring them. If you bring them, you If you bring them, if you point them, if you lead them, they will come to Christ if you lead them, if you do it. People best come to Christ through along lines of relationships. And so I'm calling on you today to leverage your relationships to bring people to Christ. You, your relationships. You do it. You do it. And so, um, actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you work a little bit today. This is one of those sermons where you don't just get to listen. A um, little assignment here. How many, of you, uh, you, how many of you got two 3x5 cards when you came in today? Let me see them. Hold them up. Hold them up. Okay, everybody needs two of those. If you don't have two 3x5 cards, raise your hand, and we've got uh, hosts in here who will get two of them. Uh, for you. Yeah, keep your hands up. We've got them in this section. We've got them in this section, uh, all in the front row. We've got them. Um, anybody in the middle here? Got them covered. We got them in the far section over here to my left. One, two, three, four, five, at least six um, people over here to the left. So yeah, somebody. Yep, there you go. We're making, we're working these guys pretty good. There you go. Okay. How are we doing in the balcony? Who, who does not have a car? Who doesn't have cards in the balcony just yet? All right, keep your hands up. There you go. Keep at it. Keep at it. Now, and take a pen out of the chair pocket in front of you. Take a pen out of the chair pocket in front of you, and um, we're going to do a little work together. I'm going to pray for you in a second, and then give you uh, some unhurried time to uh, do some business with God right right where you sit. Okay, who else does not have cards? Let me see your hands. We got them. Everybody here? Everybody got them? Good. Going once, going twice. Okay. Here's what I I want you to do. Uh, I want you to make two identical lists. Not one list, two identical lists. Same on each card. And I want you to think about, uh, identify the people that you know, the people that you know who need Jesus, who are not active in a local church in our area and who live in our area, who live within a 10 or 15-minute drive of this campus. You know them. They need Jesus. They're not connected to a local church, and they live in our area. They live in our area. And I want you just to list them. List them on the card, both cards, two copies. Two copies. And um, because we're going to begin... People can come to faith in Christ if you bring them. And we're going to begin by doing something very simple that anyone can do. We're going to identify those people in our lives and we're going to pray for them. That's it. That's all we're going to commit to do. Identify them and commit to pray for them. So I'm going to pray for you and then uh, you take uh, some time. It'll be seven or eight minutes. Write out two lists and um, then I'll come back and tell you what we're going to do with these cards. Let me pray for you right quick. So Lord, I pray that you'd clear our minds, and that you would bring to mind our friends, our family members, our neighbors, our work associates, our classmates, our neighbors, our acquaintances in the community, all everyone who needs you, who does not know you, Lord Jesus, everyone who's not connected. Active in a local church and who live in our area, bring them to mind that we may identify them and write them down. Help everyone in this room to do so. Thank you, Lord. Now, you draw near, let's do the work. I'm going to do the same right up here. So, here's what I'm going to ask you to do Uh, I'm going to ask you to keep one of these cards. And then in just a few moments, a little later in the service, I'm going to ask you to turn the other copy of the card in, in the offering basket as it is passed. Now, we're not going to, I'm not going to call these people or I'm not going to go look them up, but what I want is a, is a sign of your commitment to pray for the people on your list this year consistently. Just turn one of those cards in. Now, we're going to tally up, and I'll tell you next week how many people that we know of that our church is praying for uh, together this year. And I'll let you know about that next week. But then keep the other card uh, in a place where you can see it. Keep it in the, clipped in the front of your Bible. Keep it, clip it to your prayer list. If you keep a prayer list, uh, put it on your mirror where you get dressed in the morning, somewhere where keep it with you all year to remind you to pray at least once a week for the people on your list to come to faith in Christ. That's all we're asking to do. That's that's where we're going to start. Start easy with something that everybody can do. I graduated from high school in the May of 1970 and I found myself about halfway through the month of June wondering what in the world do I do with my life next. And I was not sure. I needed direction. I needed some hope. My life circumstances were good, there was not, nothing tragic, I just was floundering. And late one afternoon, I was working for a construction company that summer, in between high school and college, I, I'd come home, gotten home from work, kind of cleaned up, and was just standing in my driveway, and a car pulled in my driveway, and it was my lifelong buddy, Jeff Thompson. Jeff and I, uh, the way, uh, Howard, you grew up in the Deep South, the way, way we say it here, that we were boys together. Uh, You know, I grew up together. We played baseball together, played on the same football team, on the same track team. He lived in the same neighborhood. We spent our years camping and fishing and hunting. Good friend. He was a year older than me. and He'd gone off to uh, Auburn University. And in his dorm room his freshman year, one of his classmates pointed him to Jesus, and he had come to faith in Christ. We pulled in my driveway... Uh, to see me, just got home from from college and he got out. We talked a minute. It was great to see him. And he said, I got to ask you a question. Do you know, do you know Jesus? And I said, well, yeah, I guess. I mean, I've gone to church all my life. He said, I didn't, uh, that's not what I asked you. I didn't ask you how often you'd gone to church. He said, do you, do you know Jesus? I said, well, I think I do. He said, I don't think you do. Well, you know, I'm mean, here close. I mean, I knew that was not a smart alecky thing. He and he loved me. He said, I don't think you do. I said. He said, and he told me that he come to faith in Christ. And he and he said, would you like to know more about this? And he kind of said, come and see. Come and see. He said, I'm going to be hosting a a Bible study for college students that are home for the summer. The folks who are here, we're going to be meeting at so and so's house every Wednesday night. Tomorrow night, you want to come? Yes. And he brought me to Jesus. I'm, I'm here today because a friend came to me and pointed me to Jesus. And in August of that summer, I committed my heart and life to Jesus as my Lord and Savior. People best become Followers of Jesus along lines of relationships. So I'm challenging you to leverage your relationships for as long as God leaves you on the planet to point people to Christ because the people you know and the people you love and the people you like and the people you care about who need Jesus will come to Jesus if you bring them, if you point them, if you lead them, if you invite them to come and see. We're going to start by praying for them. We're going to turn those cards in in just a moment. We're going to sing about our great God who makes uh, new life in Christ like this possible. I'm going to ask all of our musicians to come on up. Let me pray for you just a moment. Let's pray. And so, Lord Jesus, we thank You that You did not leave us dead in our trespasses and sins, but You made a way for us to be reconciled to You. Uh, You are great and You are good. And we trust in you. We draw near to you now by singing to you. Help us as we do. And it's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Dogwood Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the message. For more information and other sermons, visit dogwood.church. If you'd like to give to Dogwood Church, you can use your smartphone and text keyword dogwood to 779-77 or click the give link online you can now download the Dogwood Church app for Apple and Android devices for podcast, video and more